You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stopping. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship this morning. You're in a great place and a good position for God to reach down and do great and mighty things in you, through you, and to you this morning. Heavenly Father, we just lift up our praise to you. We declare that you are good and great that you be praised. And we rejoice in you, Lord. You're so great and awesome. We love you. We thank you for a great day today as we enjoy your presence and grow in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's stand together this morning in the house of God. Are you excited to be in church today? Amen. We're going to sing about what we have inside of us. Are you ready?
Come on, church. Oh, we speak Jesus over everything. We speak Jesus in this place. Oh, we worship you. Come on. You know how to pray and worship God. That's why we're doing this. We're doing it together. It has a different anointing when we do it all together. the lost. We intercede for those being taken advantage of. We intercede, Lord. Lord. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every I know there is peace within your presence. Oh, yes, I speak Jesus. Oh, we speak it out from this place today. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Come on. Till every dark addiction starts to break. It has to break. Clearing there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Oh, yeah. Your name is power. Your name is love. Your name is love. Jesus, oh yeah, over fear 
Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name of Jesus. Oh, we're shouting it again. Oh, shout out Jesus from the Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. I just speak the holy name of Jesus. So we're going to sing to this and we're going to break it. I see containers of people. Just containers of people locked up. And and they're just, they're locked up. And they need to be rescued. I started seeing it when we were singing justice. So we are a church. God's showing it to us. We need to intercede for this. And you know, this verse. verse 2 where it says till every dark addiction starts to break we're going to break the addiction of traffickers it's like a drug to them to have control over people and to capture them we're going to break that addiction right now we're going to break the addiction over the controllers of the drug industry and over the controllers of trafficking of human lives. We're going to sing it into the atmosphere. We're going to break it today as a church. Are you with me, church? Come on, God showed us this as an assignment. Over to let's sing it. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction it's not a break. Come on. Hallelujah. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Oh, we speak Jesus right now. Your name is power. The highest power. Your name is for healing without addiction. Your name. Oh, your name. 
will be made right which are wrong in the name of Jesus. And we give you thanks and praise, Father. Oh, hallelujah. There's one thing that can change this nation, and that is the knowledge of the truth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He lived a perfect life. He died a death on the cross, but He rose from the dead and He is alive forevermore. And we declare, Father, that You will open up the, the, the blind eyes of people that do not understand the truth, they do not know the truth. Their minds have been blinded by the devil. By the God of this world, the Lord, I thank you that your light can open blind eyes in the name of Jesus. We stand in the gap for our nation. And Lord, we thank you that in this upcoming voting time, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will lead God and direct us into all truth. Because, Father, you know, you know the hearts of all men. And Lord, we thank you for bringing us into all truth of how to vote and how to cast our decision in the name of Jesus for what is right, what is holy, what is pure. Oh, we give you thanks and praise. I want you to declare as loud as you can today and as radical as you can today. I want you to say, I'm free in every area of my life. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Thank God Almighty, I'm free. I've been made free by the blood of Jesus. I've been made free by the word of God. I've been made free by the greatest name in all the universe. Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for your holy presence in this place. We have come to honor you and to exalt you and to praise you. And Lord, you inhabit our praises. And Lord, you speak to us. wants you to know he says I am the healer I wasn't the healer I am the healer I always will be the healer healing is who I am healing is what I do it is my will that you be healed that you be made whole spirit soul and body I extend my hand to you and I touch you and I lift you up and I correct that which is wrong Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I'm healed. In and out and all around. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Signature Worship Team. That was good worship intercession. To intercede means you stand in the gap for others. And the others may not necessarily know how to pray or what to pray for, but you're standing in the gap for them. And you're pleading their case. Hallelujah.
Oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, it's a good day today. Amen. Amen. And you're in a good place this morning. Amen. Yeah, I have to tell you, when we started singing uh, Move, the second song, I started seeing uh, these people in containers. And so let's mark the date today because the root leaders of this whole thing, their addiction has to shift. Yes. They're passing down addictions to control to their family. Mm-hmm. The family is picking it up, and this is, it's a family business of control. And so it has to break. That's where it breaks. Telling somebody to stop when they're addicted to something doesn't work. And so we, the Holy Spirit, the power of God has to go in and move. Amen? Amen? So let's keep that in prayer and watch the news so that they can, we can see how God moves. Amen? From right here, he gave us that instruction this morning. Amen? Amen. Well, let's make our confession of faith. Let's make our confession. By By faith, faith, I choose choose to walk and live in love. God God is love, and we live for him and walk with him. We welcome and receive God's perfect love, and we are fearless. Love is having God's nature within us. Love is God's adhesive power that binds us together. Love is the fruit of the recreated human spirit planted in our heart by God. Love is born of the Spirit of God. Love makes my faith work. Love is God in action. God so loved that he gave. God so loved that he acted. God so loved that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. He chose to love me. He showed his love to me. And he gave his love to me. Love transforms our lives, our workplaces, and our homes. It makes life better. Our love abounds more and more and displays itself in greater depths, in knowledge, and in practical insight. We have unfailing and fervent love for one another. We overlook unkindness, and we unselfishly seek the best for others. Through God's love, we are more thoughtful, gentle, and tender. Our love never grows old and never wears out. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To build a strong body of believers. And to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning. Good to see each one of you here today. In two weeks, Dr. Marilyn Neubauer will be with us September 11th for our morning service. She's coming from California. And she is the founder of Triumphant Ministries, an authority on the subject of healing. So plan on coming and bringing some friends with you. This Tuesday is Air Force at 6 o'clock. And Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30. 
And then with the with schools starting in our area, we have Kids Life. I mean, Kids Life. We do have Kids Life. That's every week. We have Kids Bible Adventure. That's for third, fourth, and fifth graders in Northside and Forge. And we have middle school um, ministry starting in the Palmyra Middle School. Christians in Action. So if you're interested in working or volunteering and praying for our students in our local communities, see um, Chris Frenchek or myself. And then we are talking about the Men's Conference. The end of October, save the date, October 28th and 29th, level up with our special guest speaker. Oh, it's really small. Pastor John George. (laughs) And, of course, Pastor Doug. And Pastor John George will also be our guest speaker that Sunday, the 30th. So plan on that. We have postcards for all of these um, events that you can pick up and pass out or you could um, pass out to friends or you can mail them or you can hang them up on community boards in your workplace. Get the um, good news out of what's happening here at Victory Christian Fellowship. God bless you. Amen. And uh, there is a cost for the men's conference. It's $35. So you can uh, go online or purchase tickets uh, in the bookstore, and uh, it's going to be a great time. I'm sure that even the ladies know some guys that can level up, go up to the next level. Amen? Hallelujah. God wants us to go up, not down. Amen? So we're going up, and we're going to get all that God has for us. Hallelujah. Well, today is a good day in the Lord. Amen? And uh, do we have the, the picture? All right, let's put that picture up there uh, of our new piece of equipment. Hallelujah. There we go. I want everybody to stand up. Uh, we're going to commission this bus for the use of the ministry. Amen. You know, um, when Moses built the tabernacle, every tool, every piece of equipment, every item of the tabernacle was set apart and sanctified by God for holy use. Amen? Well, this bus has seats in it, and we intend to fill those seats up with kids, with people, amen? And we're going to bring them here, and they're going to learn about Jesus. So, uh, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so grateful and thankful for this bus. Father, today we call this bus the Victory Bus. And we thank you, Lord, that it is commissioned for the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that your hand has sanctified this piece of equipment. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise that we'll be able to use it many days, many years, Father. It'll be a blessing to us and to the community, Father. And we give you thanks and praise that it's going to carry precious cargo. It's going to carry people of all ages, Lord, to come and hear the word of the Lord. And we give you thanks and praise. We dedicate and consecrate and commit this bus into your work. 
into your service. We thank you that it is anointed, Father. We thank you that whenever uh, things need to be taken care of on it, it'll be taken care of and it'll be provided for. And Lord, we just commission this bus for your service. We call it the Victory Bus in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Glory to God. And uh, we, you know that uh, any time that we get together, you have an opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, regular investors receive regular returns. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, if you're here, you can put your offering uh, or ties into our seed containers. If you're watching online, we say hello to you. And you can go to our website and do that way. In other words, there, there's always a way. You can find a way to uh, get your gifts here. Amen. And uh, we just give you thanks and praise. Father, I commission uh, every giver to be blessed, to receive the blessing of the Lord that makes them rich, and you add no sorrow with it. And I thank you, Lord, that you increase their seed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, before I dismiss the kids, uh, just wanted to share some things. You know, football season is coming. And uh, sometimes Christianity can be likened to football. So I just want to share some things about some football definitions. Christian football definitions. Flex defense. It is the ability to allow absolutely nothing said during the sermon to affect your life. That's a flex defense. All right. An instant replay is when the preacher loses his notes and falls back on last week's illustrations. That's an instant replay. Hallelujah. Uh, The two-minute warning. You know, football has a two-minute warning. That's the point you realize the sermon is almost over, and you begin to gather up your children and your belongings. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, then, Then there's the draw play in football. If we had a bulletin, that's what many children would do uh, on the bulletin. They'd have a draw play. (laughs) Hallelujah. And, uh... The Christian, the blitz, you know, the blitz is when they send all the, all the defenders. That's the rush for the restaurants following the closing prayer. Football definitions. Hallelujah. And then there's the quarterback sneak. That's when members leave quietly during the invitation. Hallelujah. All right. And then here's just something funny. How many's ever heard of the term deja vu? Deja vu, it's when you think you're doing something you've done before. It's because God thought it was so funny that he had to rewind it for his friends. <laughs> That's deja vu. Hallelujah. All right, kids, teachers, are you all ready to have some fun in kids' life? to receive from God on your levels. We'll go to your classes. Have a great time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. God is so good. Hallelujah. Well, you all ready for the word this morning? Well, I'm ready to give you the word. This is the word that God uh, put on my heart for today. This is a right now word. 
And, uh, you know, uh, God has prepared his people to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And uh, we need to make sure that we stay strong. And it's uh, in the Lord because we're facing challenges, some challenges we've never faced before in history. But you know what? It doesn't matter what the challenge is. God's got the ability, the power, the knowledge, uh, the expertise to get you through it all. Amen? So I want to take some time today, and I want us to strengthen our connection with the Lord. I'm simply titling this, Be Strong in the Lord. Amen? Notice it wasn't a suggestion that God gave us, it's a command. And uh, you, might, you might say this also, united with Christ we stand, but divided from him we fall. You know, everything that God wants for us, everything that God wants us to do, comes out of our connection with him. We have to stay connected to him. And uh, the Apostle Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write a book or a letter called the Ephesians. And he was writing it to a church. Uh, the church was in Ephesus, which was a city in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And uh, it was probably a church that Paul started. It was a church that uh, Timothy pastored. And uh, a lot of great things uh, came out of the, uh, this letter to the Ephesians. And when the Apostle Paul was writing, he was instructing us in the church on uh, how to do things. He, he talked about the blessing of redemption, right? Chapter 1 talks about our redemption in Christ, amen? And uh, he talks about in that letter how we were made alive in Christ, glory to God. And uh, he talked about God's calling uh, in that letter. Um, he talked about the life that uh, Jesus gave us that flows out of our relationship with him. And uh, he, he taught us about the stewardship of God's grace. And uh, he taught us about how to maintain the unity of the Spirit. And we get to chapter 6. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse 10. And this is what we're going to talk about today. After he talks about all the good things that God has done and how we can walk in them and how we can have them, then he says this in verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, he gets to the last thought that he wants to communicate to this church in closing this letter. He says, finally, my brethren, he's talking about us. He's talking to church people. He's talking to saints. He's talking to the blood-bought church, the bride of Christ. Amen? Those who have been called out of darkness. Have you been called out of darkness? Then he's talking to you. He's talking to us. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He wants the church to be encouraged to be strong in the Lord. We've got to maintain our strength in him. 
Apart from him, we are weak, but with him, we are mighty. Hallelujah. Because he understood that there is an ongoing spiritual battle. All right. Read verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. Did you know that the devil is scheming against you? He is finding, he is looking for ways to trap you, to overtake you, to deceive you so that he can capture you. He is always scheming. He doesn't sleep. He's a spirit. He's an evil spirit. He's a spirit that lost his anointing, but he's operating in this earth. For the time being, he has a legal right to operate in this earth. The Bible calls him the God of this world. Or the prince of the power of the air. All right, verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. So these are operating, they're they're unseen, but they're operating in a very real realm, the spiritual realm. And these uh, categories of demonic spirits are looking to intimidate you to pressure you and to make you afraid. Because once you give in to the spirit of fear, you have access to other evil spirits. Fear is a spirit, you know. Now, our focus is not going to be today on the armor itself. Our focus is going to be on being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God wants us, it's time to power up, church. We... We have to maintain the power that God has given to us. Notice he said, be strong in the Lord. And our strength comes from God. So if we're disconnected from God, then we're weak. Because we are only strong in the Lord when we're connected with him, when we're walking with him, when we're following him, when we're doing his will. Amen? You know, um, have you ever considered the way a person walks? When a person walks, it's consistent. One step, another step. One step, another step. The Bible tells us we're supposed to walk in the light. We're supposed to walk in the knowledge of God. Amen. When you walk, your walk should be consistent. Amen. And... uh in order to maintain a strong connection with God, we got to be consistent in walking with God and in doing what he wants us to do. Amen. All right? So go to John 15. John chapter 15 and verses 4 and 5. And notice what it says. Jesus is talking here. Does he know what he's talking about? Yes. Absolutely. He is an expert on all things. And when he is speaking, he is speaking the absolute truth. Notice what he said. Abide in me. He didn't say if you feel like it. He didn't say the circumstances are right. right. He didn't say if everything is going okay in your life. No. You abide in him irregardless. He said, abide in me and I in you. Oh, my goodness. When you abide in him, there's a connection. He comes in you. There's a, there's a union together. It's you and Jesus. 
But you got to abide in him. And when you make the decision that you're going to abide in him, he abides in you. And, and he brings you together. And there's a strong connection. Amen. Amen? It's like the umbilical cord of a baby. That, that, that cord connects the baby to the mother in the womb. And that's how the baby gets fed. That's how the baby gets nourished. That's how the baby gets strength. Amen? Because of that connection with the mother. And uh, so if you, our connection is how we abide in him. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. We cannot bear fruit apart from Christ. We cannot face the principalities, the powers, the rules of the darkness of this world by ourselves. But with Christ, we can not only face them, but overcome them and beat them. Amen. No more can you except you abide in me. Verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. It sounds to me like the one who abides got some power to produce. Abiding in Christ, in the anointing, in the anointed one, gives you power to produce things in your life. But if you're not abiding, you don't have the power to produce. Amen? Hallelujah. Our power comes from being in Jesus. How do we get in Jesus? Did it just happen one day you woke up, oh, I'm in Jesus? No. You heard good news. It was communicated to you in some way. And you and when you heard that good news, something happened in your heart. And you accepted the message. And you ask Jesus to come in, and he came in. You know, he only comes in by invitation. And when he comes in, he abides. He hangs out. He dwells in. And uh, so our strength comes by being in him. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in in the word be strong in other words what he, he's he's telling us to be faithful if we're strong in the lord that means we have a strong connection that means we have strong communication that means uh we have a strong relationship amen and that means that there's a continual power flow you know, appliances have to be plugged into power to work. Even this iPad, it has power, but it has limited power. I could use this iPad for a couple hours, maybe five, six, ten hours maybe. But at, at the end of ten hours, what's going to happen? I've used the power that it has, and then if I don't connect it to power source, it's going to remain inoperable, unusable. Amen? But when the power diminishes, I can connect it to a power source. I can plug it in and power, it gets regenerated. Mm. But here's the thing. Once we're plugged into Christ, we don't need to get unplugged. We're not going to overload our batteries by being plugged into Christ all the time. Amen? We can stay plugged in. We can stay hooked up. We can stay connected. We got to live that way. 
We got to live every day connected to Jesus. If we want the power to deal with the things that we got to deal with. Because that's, that's the only way our power comes to us. You know, sometimes <laughs> a Christian lives their life and their power has diminished. Uh, and then the enemy comes. And you're like, oh, I don't have enough power to deal with this. Because they, they didn't stay plugged in. Amen? All right, go to, go to the Gospel of John chapter 5. Gospel of John chapter 5. Jesus understood this himself. He's not telling us to do anything different than he did. He did this also. In John chapter 5 verse 19. John 5 verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself. I want you to think about that. What if the Son lived an unplugged life on this earth? And he didn't stay connected. He didn't keep his connection strong with God. He didn't communicate with God. He just came and did his own thing. Would salvation, would have, would have had the power that it needed to save us? No. But Jesus is saying here, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do, uh, for what things ever he does, these also do the son likewise. Everybody say likewise. likewise. You know, when you're connected to Jesus, you can do what Jesus did. When you're connected to Jesus, you speak like Jesus. When you're connected to Jesus, you think like Jesus. He told us to have the mind of Christ. Amen? The mind of the anointed one. The mind of the overcomer. The mind of the healer. The mind of the savior. The mind of the prince of peace. All right, go to verse 30. Same chapter, verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing. So Jesus understood how important it was to stay connected to the Father. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is just because I seek not my own will. Well, there's, there's a key right there to stay connected with God is you're always seeking his will. That's one way to stay connected and to keep your connection strong with God. But the will of of the Father which has sent me. Jesus got up every morning and he said, what do you want to do today, Father? Where do you want me to go? What What would you like me to say? What people do you want me to touch today? You know, Jesus went to places and there were places he didn't touch everybody. Why didn't he touch everybody? He touched the ones that the Father said touch. Amen? Amen. Everywhere Jesus went, he was always listening to the voice of his Father. He was always watching to see what his Father did. In every circumstance, in every situation, he kept his strength in his Father. Just like we need to keep our strength in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Look, go to Philippians chapter 4. Familiar verse, I'm sure that you've heard it at some point. But you know, I love the Bible. It encourages repetition. Hallelujah. How many's ever eaten a potato? Have you eaten a potato more than once? That's repetition. Did you complain? No, I, I eat fries all the time. I don't complain. I just chomp them up, right? It's repetition. How many's ever eaten a steak before? Have you only eaten one steak in your life? No, you've repeated the process, haven't you? Why? Same thing with your favorite food, right? Whatever you like to eat, you eat more than once. So when the, when the pastor's preaching, he say, well, I've heard this before. Don't complain because repetition is good. Amen? Repetition reinforces. Repetition strengthens. Repetition encourages. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things. How? What's the connection? Through Christ, which strengthens me. Through Christ, in participation with Christ, in conjunction with Christ, in agreement with Christ, in unity and harmony with Christ. I can do what? How many things? Really? Can you do all things? Not of yourself, but when you're connected. When you're walking with, when, when, when you're plugged into Christ. Why? When you're plugged into Christ, there's a continual flow of power, ability, grace that's coming to you like a river. Did you know that God put a hydroelectric dam in every believer? You know what a hydroelectric dam is? It's water moving turbines that generate power. Did you know that still water doesn't generate power? It has to be moving. And Jesus said in John 7, he said on the last and great day of the feast, he said, all those who thirst come to me and drink and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Say, I've got rivers of living water flowing out of me. See, the flow generates power. There's a hydroelectric dam on the inside of us. We got our very own power generator on the inside in the form of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You know, in order for a generator to power things, it's got to be plugged into it. Amen. What if you have solar panels and all you did was collect the sun, but none of your appliances were plugged in to the battery? Would it benefit you? No, you'd have all this power stored up, but no way to release it. Come on, Christians got to start releasing the power of God in everyday living. We've got to exercise the strength and the power that we've been given, and we've got to walk in this in everyday living. We've got to walk in victory. Because the enemy and life will cause challenges to come. But we've got to draw on the power that we have. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, the Apostle Paul was assigned a demonic spirit to buffet him. (laughs) 
How would you like to have a demonic spirit assigned to you to beat you up wherever you go? That's what happened with the Apostle Paul. And he prayed to get rid of this thing for three times, but God just kept saying, my grace is sufficient. In other words, my grace, my power, my ability is greater than uh, any uh, demonic spirit or anything that that spirit can do. Did you know that for all the times that Paul got beat up, he never stopped preaching? It never shut him down, never uh, destroyed his ministry. Yeah, he took some licks, but he kept on ticking. Paul was a Timex preacher. You know, Timex used to have a, a commercial, takes a licking, but it keeps on ticking. You know, with the power of God, we can keep on ticking. Amen? Oh, yeah, the enemy might, might throw a couple punches, but they're not going to have any effect on us. Why? Because we're connected to the power. We're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is the attitude of someone who is connected to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17. For our light affliction. Ever say light affliction. Notice it only hangs around but for a moment. It works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we look not on the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen, for the things which are not seen are temporal, the things which are seen are temporal, for the things which are not seen are eternal. Do you consider the trials of life light afflictions? Come on. Or have we, have we been bogged down by the afflictions of life? Have we magnified the afflictions of life? Oh yeah, we speak about how great they are, how big they are. But no, when you're connected to the power of God, it's just a light affliction. It's temporary. There's an ending point. Amen. This is not forever. There's power in me that can get me through. There's power in me that can overcome. There's power in me that can defeat every enemy. Say things in life are just light afflictions. Oh, but the way to glory is far greater. Hallelujah. Light affliction. Oh, that's just a light affliction. Stop magnifying the afflictions. Start magnifying God. Let's make God bigger than the problem. Amen. Listen, God can solve the problem of this nation. Amen. This ain't, this isn't too big that God can handle, but he just needs some people who know their position and their power and they know the person of Jesus Christ and to speak a word and to declare a thing in the name of Jesus. We should do less complaining and more praising or more praying. You know, it's just as easy to complain as it is to pray. So which one's going to produce better results? Amen? Amen. Well, when you're connected to the power source, you're going to speak differently. You're going to talk differently. All right, go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 3. This is interesting. Listen to what Jesus did. 
2 Corinthians 13.3, since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which you, uh, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he lives by what? The power of God. For we are also weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. God needs some people. He needs some, some of his children to start living by the power of God every day in the name of Jesus. To be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. To whoop the demonic things that come against people like nothing. Like David whooped Goliath. Like Joshua whooped Jericho. Like the three Hebrew children whooped the furnace. My goodness, they weren't even filled with the Holy Ghost. And look at what they did. And we're filled with the Holy Ghost and we're like overwhelmed. No, we got to change that around. We're changing it around today. So Christ, though he was crucified, he lived by the power of God. And then he tells us, we are weak in him, but we shall, but with him, by, we shall live with him by the power of God. It reminds me of what Paul said. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. I am crucified with Christ. Have you been crucified with Christ? If you've been crucified, then you've been resurrected. Holy, we're not living in the crucifixion. We're living in the resurrection. The crucifixion was for a moment. Resurrection is forever. I'm living in the resurrection. We're, we need to live in the resurrection power. How are we going to do that? We're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? God is the source of our power, and he gives us strength for everyday living. Everybody say every day. God's power is not just for Sundays. God's not, power is not just for Tuesdays. God's power is not just for Wednesdays. It's for when you're dealing with things in your home. It's for the pressures of life that try to make themselves bigger and stronger to try to get you to be overwhelmed. The power of God is for every day. It is practical. It is usable. It is accessible. And we have been designed to operate in it. We have been equipped. You don't need to go through power training school. You don't need to get a degree. I've got a, I've got a BA in power. All you got to know is Jesus. All you got to know is his word. And for you to exercise that power by speaking his word and having faith in him. It's very simple. Hallelujah. God holds the power. Amen. Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 14. We're going to look at a story here of someone that tapped into the power that was greater than himself. First Samuel chapter 14, and let's start with verse 4. 
This will help you illustrate how to operate the power of God every day. So, um, the, the Philistines were uh, giving uh, Israel trouble. And uh, verse 4 says, And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go up over unto the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name one was Bozes and the other name was Sena. Okay? So Jonathan had it in his mind that he was going to attack the Philistine garrison. The only problem was at this time in Israel, there were only two swords. One was Saul and one was Jonathan. See, the, the Philistines had come in and they made all the, they made everybody turn their weapons into farming tools. So there was only two swords. Okay? So this Philistine garrison was located on uh, this high point, but in between were these rocky ridges with sharp rocks. Okay? That would have been a deterrent to many. Oh, it's too sharp for me to climb. It's, it's too, you know, I had this dream that I want to take over this garrison, but I see these sharp rocks and I'm going to give up that dream. Okay? So, uh, and Jonathan, go down to verse 6. Jonathan said to the young man that bear his armor, come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. You know, you need to label your enemy properly. When you call the enemy uncircumcised, that means he has no covenant. He has no means of victory over you. You have a greater victory over him. You have the edge. You already have the winning strategy. Amen? Because circumcision has to do with covenant. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Does God work for you? Absolutely. He works through you. He works for you. He's not against you. Amen? The Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or few. Now, how many people are with Jonathan? One. So there's two. And you're talking about a garrison, kind of like a fortress, kind of like an outpost. It's got more than two soldiers there. Okay? So the odds are already against Jonathan. Right? But he knows the Lord. He knows that the Lord is not limited to win with many or few. He can do it. Amen? Amen. All, all he needs is someone that will take a step of faith, someone that will trust him so that God can work, someone that will connect with his power. And I love what his armor bearer said, verse 7. His armor bearer said unto him, do all that is in your heart. Turn you, behold, I am with you according to your heart. Glory to God. We need some people who are going to embrace someone's heart of faith. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. When you, when you recognize faith in someone, say, hey, I'm with you. Whatever's in your heart, let's do it. We got to have a let's do attitude. We got to have a can-do attitude. How many things can we do through Christ? Did he really mean all things? Absolutely. He wouldn't have wrote it if he didn't mean it. Okay? Then Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, 
and we will discover ourselves to them. Now, they had to climb to get there. If they say to us, tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place. And we will not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hand. And this shall be a sign to us. Now, Jonathan did not have the Holy Ghost in him. So he could only go by what he knew and what he saw. Amen? But he laid out the strategy. Right? If they say, stay there, we're going to stay there. But if they say, come, we're going to come. And we, I know that the Lord's delivered them into our hands. Everybody say, I know. Say, I know. You got to be fully persuaded, fully, fully convinced that what God has delivered into your hands has He delivered into your hands. That's you're connecting with the power. Jonathan is connected with the power. He's doing something greater than himself. He's doing something that the odds are against him. He's doing something that's about to shake something. Amen. You don't know what your actions of faith will do to the rest of the group. You don't know what your action of faith will do to your family until you do it. Amen? Okay? Verse 11. Both of them discovered themselves unto the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they have hid themselves. See, at this time, Israel was hiding in caves and behind rocks. All right? Easy pickings for the enemy. Look at the enemy's intimidation. Oh, they're coming out of their holes. Yeah, you're about to find out what's just come out of this hole. (laughs) And the men of the garrison, verse 12, answered Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you a thing. The enemy always thinks he has an advantage. (laughs) But he didn't know that someone was connecting to the power of God. And Jonathan said to the armor bearer, Come up after me for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. So he went up knowing already that the deliverance was his. See, when you're connected to the power, you're positive. You're convinced. You're persuaded. It's going to go my way, and there's nothing you can do or say about it. Amen. Say, it's, it's going my way. Say, things are going my way right now. In my finances. In my body. In my family. They're going my way. Hallelujah. Thirteen, Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet. And his armor bearer after him, and they, they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer slew after him. And the first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about twenty men. Everybody say twenty men. That's 20 to 2. Two men just killed 20 men. So there's at least 20 in this garrison. Within, as it were, a half acre of land, which a yoke of oxen might plow. And there was trembling in the host in the field. I'm telling you, when you plug into God's power and you're connected to his power, God is going to work with you. God is going to uh, be right there with you and he's going to do great and amazing things. If someone hadn't climbed this place, would God have trembled would God have trembled from heaven? Would God have sent this noise? Mm. 
There was trembling in the host, in the field, and among all the people, the garrison and the spoilers, they also trembled, and the earth quaked, and it was a very great, great trembling, great <laughs> trembling. Sorry, Elmer Fudd was preaching there for a minute. Be very, very quiet. There's a trembling in the earth. Was this natural? Someone decided to take on something bigger than themselves, greater than themselves, but they didn't do it alone. They did it in conjunction, in step, in harmony with God. He called them uncircumcised Philistines. He already said God is able to win with a few or many, right? He already set the tone that he is not doing this alone. He is doing this with God. He is strong in the Lord and in his power. And when you step out in faith like this, God shows up. And he made the earth tremble. And uh, so this sent a shockwave. Through the kingdom. Amen. It stirred the hearts of the rest of the soldiers. They, they were given hope. They were instilled with strength. They saw that something was happening. Amen. All because two people decided to take a step of faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter six now. And we're going to look into this further. If you wanted to be weak in yourself, you can. You don't have to hook up with the Lord. You can try to take on circumstances of life in your own strength, with your own experience, based on your own skill. But it's not going to get you too far. You've got to hook up with someone greater. Where did God say the greater one is? He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. The one in you is greater than anyone in the world. Any spirit, any government, any institution, any organization, there's someone in you that's greater than than them all. Hallelujah. You've got greatness on the inside of you. So he said, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. To be strong in the Lord means this. It means sharing power ability. Oh my goodness. God lets you share his power for free. He shares his power with you. We've got sharing power ability. We are sharers. We've got stake in the power of God. We are partakers of the divine nature. God has qualified us. Hallelujah. We can participate in the power of God. Amen. It means sharing power ability. I like that. It means to impart ability. To be strong in the Lord means God imparts his ability to us. When God imparts his ability, what was impossible all of a sudden becomes possible. Amen? 
It means to be strong in the Lord means I fill with power, I strengthen, and I make strong. God wants you strong. God has made you strong. God has empowered you. Amen? What did we get when we got the Holy Ghost? We got power. We got powered up. Power from on high. We were clothed and endued. We had an endowment of power. We were granted power from on high. We were granted resurrection power. It's in us. It's available to us. We have access to it. Hallelujah. Why? So we can use it. God wants us to use this power. It's not just something that we should talk about. It's not some theory. It's been proven time and time again. Hallelujah. The same works that Jesus did, we can do. Why? Because we got the same power. So I've got the same power as Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Hallelujah. Whoo. We're powering up today. If you play video games, sometimes your characters need to be powered up, right? The enemy that you're facing, you, you've been taking these attacks, you've got to get powered up. And some of the video games, they have uh, like medical kits or food that you can get actually powered up. Guess what? We walk with a medical kit. We walk with a food kit. We walk with a survival kit. But God doesn't want us to survive. He wants us to thrive. Amen. This is our thriving kit, not a survival kit. Hallelujah. We got it right here. You need some power right here. Hallelujah. Whoo, glory to God. First Timothy chapter one, verse 12. Paul is writing. He said, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. What did Jesus do? Jesus enabled him. What does it mean to enable? It means to give ability. Amen. Paul was given ability for that. He counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Power is available to the faithful. If you want to stay plugged in to the power of God, you've got to stay faithful. You've got to be consistent in your Christian walk, in doing the Christian disciplines, in, in doing everything that, uh, that is spiritual. Amen? You, either, you can either enhance your power or diminish your power. You can either turn the power on or turn the power off. If we were to turn the lights off in this building, is there still power available? Yeah. Our power bill is paid. Amen. Amen. This building is wired. This building is connected to a power source. It's, and power comes to us through wires in the natural building. But see, God did away with that. We don't have wires. Amen. It's a spiritual connection. Hallelujah. It's greater than Wi-Fi. Amen. It's, it's spirit to spirit. You are connected to the Lord in your spirit. You've been made born again in your spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in your spirit. There is a spiritual connection. We don't need wires. But that is our source of power that we're connected to. So Paul was enabled. 
All right, verse 3, verse 13. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and an injury and injurious or violent. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Grace is another form of ability and power. Amen. So here was Paul. Paul was blaspheming God. He was persecuting Christians. If he knew that you were a Christian, he had the right from the Judaizers, the Judaism, the system of religion of that day. He could go into your house. You know, I'm just going to use Pastor Nelson and Nadine, right? If I was Paul and I knew that they were Christians, I could come into their house. I could arrest them just for being Christians. And I could take them to jail. And whatever abuse they suffered... You know, whether I was a witness to it or not, but that's what I did as Paul. But when Paul got in contact with the power of God, something changed on the inside of him. He had a new nature. He had new desires. He he desired different things. Now he's not imprisoning Christians. He's making Christians. He's preaching the gospel. He's planting churches. Hallelujah. The power of God made him be someone who he was hurting. He made him be a Christian. He didn't make them, but the power of God came into his life, and Paul accepted the power. He said, I'm going to get connected to this power. And Paul stayed connected. Amen? Amen. That's why he wrote half the New Testament. You know, when you write half the New Testament, you're connected to the power. Amen? So he knew that God enabled him. And God's grace gave him the ability. All right? Hallelujah. Go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, this is an interesting statement here. Verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, be strong in the grace. Be strong in the grace. If, if he tells you to be strong in the grace, could someone be weak in the grace? How do you be weak in grace? You're not utilizing what God's given you. You're not doing what God wants you to do. The reason God gave us grace is to serve the body of Christ. You know, Romans 12 talks about the different gifts, helps, administration, leadership, giving, right, prophecy. And he said, when when he said serving, he said we need to serve in the strength of God. You know, in Acts 6, the apostles were overwhelmed by the taking care of the widows and the daily ministration. And uh, they should be praying and studying the word so that they could preach, but they were having to do many other things. Okay? It's not to say that preaching and studying is higher. It's just a different function. All right? So uh, they needed some help. So they asked the congregation, they said, you choose out among you seven men. And they had to have these qualifications 
to be full of the Holy Ghost. They wanted people who were about to serve to be full of the Holy Ghost, to be connected to the power source. Amen? To be connected with God. God wants people serving in his body that are, are strong servers. He wanted them full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom, and to have a good report outside. Good character. Right? Why? Because if you've got bad character, you're, you're, not, you're disconnected to the power. If you're not living the Christian life, but you claim to be a Christian, but you're not living the Christian life, you're disconnected from the power. Amen? Why? Because that's being a hypocrite. Jesus didn't like hypocrites. Read Matthew 23. He said some pretty sharp things to hypocrites. The whole chapter. So God wanted people who were connected to his power to serve tables. And you know, while serving tables... When you're full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom and have good report, you'll do miracles. Would you like some more coffee? How about a healing with that? How about a deliverance with that? Oh, I'll take my deliverance to go, please. Amen? God doesn't want weak servants. He doesn't want just people serving out of duty or obligation. He wants people who serve the body who love him. Who love him with all their heart, all their soul, all their strength, and who love people as their self. And who are connected to the power of God. Amen? We want people serving in VCF who are connected to the power of God. Why? Because while you're serving, there's going to be opportunities to exercise the power of God. Because the people that you're serving may need help in their life, and you can have the answer. You can have the solution. You can bring about a change while you're serving them. That's why we need to have servants that are full of the power of God. Amen? When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're full of power. That's a given. Because with the Holy Ghost comes power. He's God's powerhouse. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He brings the power with him. Hallelujah. And you know what? The Holy Ghost comes in. He doesn't even charge you a bill. The Holy Ghost doesn't say, Holy Holy Ghost kilowatts used. Right? You're not going to get a bill from the Holy Ghost because his power is unlimited. His power will never run out. His power is great. It is a constant flow. Hallelujah. But we've got to be strong in the Lord. There's too many Christians that are weak in the Lord. You see it in their lives. See, when you're, when you're weak in the Lord, you can't hide it. <laughs> but it won't be seen. Hallelujah. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. There's a little verse here in verse 34 that says something powerful. Look at verse... 34, Hebrews chapter 11. He's talking about different things that occurred. They quenched the violence of fires. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were what? Made strong. God uses the weak things of the world. He uses a human body to put his most valued treasure in. 
He puts his treasure in earthen vessels. We are the earthen vessels that God puts his greatest treasure, which is his word, his son Jesus, in us. Amen? Why did God make that investment in us? Because he's got great things for us to do, but we got to do it by the book. we got to do it by the book and the spirit who wrote the book. All right? You gotta be strong in the Lord. That's strong in the Word. Faithful to the Word. But you also gotta be strong in the power. That's in the Holy Ghost. You gotta work with the Word and the Spirit together. Amen? Aren't you glad that you're in a place that, uh, that appreciates the Word and the Spirit together? When Pastor Fiona and I, we used to attend the church in Tennessee, uh, they, uh, they had, uh, their, their logo was like, uh, where the Word and the Spirit prevails right if you're going to prevail in life you need both the word and the spirit you need to be strong in the lord the lord is the word right he's the word made flesh when you read the bible you're reading jesus when you're reading the bible this is jesus talking he is the word he he is the embodiment of the word right but he also operated by the holy spirit john john said i baptize you with water but there's some, there's coming someone after me who I'm not even worthy to unloose his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. How many know there's a baptism of water, but there's a baptism of fire? You know, a locomotive, when they first made locomotives, they had to have fuel to burn so that it would heat the water so that it would produce the steam so that the train would move down the tracks. As a matter of fact, they had a separate car that was either filled with wood or coal, right? Because that furnace of that locomotive had to be constantly fed. You had to take coal constantly and throw it into that furnace because the hotter that fire was, that the faster that chugga 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 chugga, the faster it went down the tracks. Woo woo! It's much like a Christian. If you want to get down the tracks, you got to be fueling your power source. You got to be constantly taking. Ooh, you got to take the coal. Oh my goodness! I just saw something. When Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple, he said, whoa, I'm a man of unclean lips. But the angel, what did he do? He took a coal. He took a hot coal and touched his mouth. And the hot coal, when it touched his mouth, it cleansed his mouth. He got power to have his mouth cleansed immediately. And right there in that moment, he took the coal. You know, God's got some coals and he keeps them hot. And one touch from those coals, they can change your situation. One touch from a hot coal can make a sick body whole. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why? That's the power of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Go to Hebrew, go to verse 11 in Hebrews 11. Hallelujah. Through faith, Sarah also herself received strength to conceive. See, because she, and she was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful. Sarah's body was incapable of containing the seed of another human being. 
She was past the age. It was impossible for her present body to carry the seed that she needed to carry so that Abraham could become a father. But something happened in Sarah. She considered him faithful. She judged him faithful. What did she do? She was looking to the word. She was looking to the promise that he made. She was looking at how, how God carried out every promise, right? How he made, he brought every promise to pass, right? And she said, well, if he was faithful when he took us out of Haran, and he was faithful in Egypt, and he was faithful in Canaan, and he was faithful then, then he'll be faithful now. And in her consideration of the word, she began to consider and meditate on the word of God, and strength came to her heart. Not just any strength, but resurrection power came to her heart. Her womb got resurrected. Her womb received strength. Not only could she receive the seed, but she could carry the seed for nine months, hallelujah, and give birth, glory to God, when she was 90 years old. She did that because she gained strength. How did she gain strength? She considered him faithful. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. To be strong in his power means to be strong in strength, power, might, force, and ability. Aren't you glad that you don't have to do what God's called you to do with your own ability? We can do what God's called us to do with his ability. He gives it to us. Amen? And uh, it means force to overcoming immediate resistance. Hallelujah. You've got a force within you to overcome any resistance that comes against you. And, and the Bible says that your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom it may devour, but we can resist him steadfast in the faith. Hallelujah. You got your resistors on? Glory to God. Now, um, Moses, he did some great things. And uh, I, I want to point out some things to you that Moses did, because he didn't do them on his own. He did them through God. And uh, he, uh, when, when, he, when God first called him, he wasn't sure of uh, who God was. And so he said, who should I tell them that sent me? And God said, tell them, I am that I am. What, what tense is that? That's the present tense. You know, God has never... In past tense, he's in all the tenses, actually. He's the God who was and is and is to come. I am that I am. I am presently with you. What was God asking Moses to do? To deliver his people from Egypt. That was an impossible task. Egypt had held Israel as slaves for 430 years. For 430 years, Israel was under the control of Pharaoh. And uh, there rose up a Pharaoh who didn't even know who Joseph was. Obviously, he failed history class. Amen? Because I'm sure that all that Joseph did was written in the history books of Egypt. Irregardless. So, um, in... uh, 
in Exodus, uh, you know, uh, God started Moses off small. He said, take your hand. Okay? So he took his hand. He said, put it inside your robe. He put it inside his robe. He pulled it out. It was leprous. Right? He said, put it back in. He put it back in. It was made whole. God was showing Moses how to cooperate with the power of God. God gave him an instruction. Moses followed the instruction, and he got the results, right? He did that with the Red Sea. God said, Whatever's, what's in your hand? He said, you raise up your uh, staff and you use your hand to open the Red Sea. So God did all these amazing things through Moses, and Moses was cooperating with the power of God. It wasn't his strength, but he was using God's strength. And the purpose was to deliver God's people who'd been in bondage for years and years and years, centuries and centuries and centuries. And see, Moses wasn't going to be, Moses tried to do it in his own strength. He saw the Egyptian uh, beaten up on the Israelite and something rose up in him and he went to deliver that situation. But he delivered it in the flesh. He delivered it in his own strength. He murdered the Egyptian. Then he had to cover it up. He had to bury him in the sand, right? Then he had to flee Egypt. Then he had to be retrained. Now that he's retrained, he was in a place where he could operate by the power of God and not his own strength. Amen? And uh, God used Moses' hands to defeat the Amalekites. As long as his hands were raised, they won. But when his hands were down, they started to lose. But that's not natural strength. That's supernatural. Everybody raise up your hands. When you raise up your hands, you are in a place of surrender. You are saying, God, here I am. Have your way. Right? You're putting no restrictions. Right? You're allowing God free access to you. And when you put your hand up, he'll take your hand and you'll do great things together. Amen? Amen. And this was actually that uh, what Moses did on how to deliver the people. Hallelujah. And uh, so God used Moses in these great and wonderful ways. And it was an example of how we can cooperate with the power of God. Because we've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Say, I'm strong in the Lord. And, and in the power of his might. Say, I'm strong in the word. I'm strong in the Holy Ghost. We, we have been equipped and enabled to operate in both. On both sets, both levels, the word and the spirit. Amen? And in order to cooperate with the spirit, you have to yield. Everybody know what a yield sign is? It's not a stop sign. Some people think it's a stop sign. It just simply means to slow down, and if something is coming that way, you give way to what is coming. When God is moving in a place and we are yielded to God, we see that God is coming. And so we let God have his way. We let God move how he wants to move. And we just go with that move, right? But his move to yield means you let him move first and then you follow his move, right? Because once, once you've yielded and the way is clear, now the way, now you can go. Amen? And the opposite of being yielded, Hebrews 3 tells us, is to be stiff-necked. 
Everybody has seen someone who took a position of resistance. You see it with babies, right? When you want to give them something neat. Nope. Here. No, it's good for you. Right? How many's ever seen that? Right? They're, they're, they're being stiff-necked. They're resisting what needs to do to nourish them, to help them. Maybe they don't like the taste. Maybe they don't like how it looks, whatever it is. But they, they take up that position of resistance. So when God moves into a place, you can see some people, they take up a position of resistance. Their bodies start to tense up. They'd be like, I hope he doesn't come here. I hope he doesn't move in this row. Amen? And, and see, the flesh resists things of God. Because the things of God are spiritually discerned. And we've got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Ghost. To resist him is to grieve him. When he says do this and you say no, you've just grieved him. You've said that you don't have the authority to tell me to do that, but he does have the authority. Now, he's a gentleman, all right? The Holy Ghost isn't going to get you in a headlock to try to get you to do what he wants you to do. You know, on the day of Pentecost, they were told this instruction, go wait for the promise of my father. They didn't know what the promise was. They didn't know how it was going to come. They didn't know what it was going to do when it showed up. So they're just waiting. They're praising. They're praying. They're waiting. 120 people. They're in this upper room. Mary was there, the mother of Jesus. Mary Magdalene was there. The 70 were there. The 11 were there. And a few others. Right? They were all there waiting. Then all of a sudden, they're praying Right? And then something happens. The, 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 they hear a sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind. Okay? And first of all, it fills the place where they're sitting. All right? So God can fill a place. You don't have to stand. You can sit. Amen? So this, this sound filled this place. This, you know, you can't see the wind, but you feel it. You know? Anyway, they're sitting there and they felt this thing come into this atmosphere, right? They just knew it was the promise of the Father. They didn't know how it was going to come or what it was going to do when it showed up. And then, after the sound and the wind and the atmosphere, now, above each of them were like tongues of fire, flickering fire. And it rested on each of them. See, when God does something by his spirit, he wants to have the greatest effect on the most uh, amount of people that he can. God wants the body to benefit of his gifts. Every spiritual gift is designed for everybody to benefit from. Not just one individual here or one individual there, but for everybody. God is interested in the bodybuilding. He's a bodybuilder. And you're the body and he's building us up. And we're building, we're being built up into a holy temple. And I'm not even on my notes anymore. I'm just talking of the Holy Ghost right now. The teacher has left his notes. God's about to do something. Get ready. So then, when the tongues of fire 
appeared above their heads, the Holy Ghost got everybody in the headlock and started made, made them speak. No, he didn't do that. He said, they all began to speak. And they were speaking something they'd never learned. They were speaking something they've never studied, but it was coming out of them as the Holy Ghost was feeding them. The Holy Ghost was giving them the word. He gave them the ability. He gave them the power. And they had to do the speaking. He did not move their mouths. He simply gave them the words. And then they had to do something with the, with the words. Amen? What were they doing? They were yielding to the Holy Ghost. How do you do something you've never done before? Well, you can with the whole, when the Holy, says, Holy Spirit says do this. Amen? When you get so full of something, you can't keep it in. My goodness. Uh, the Bible says that Elizabeth, when Mary walked into the room, John the Baptist in her womb was filled with the Holy Ghost and did, did flip-flops in her belly. Right? What was he doing? He was responding to the presence that just walked into the room. He was yielding to the presence. Mary came in pregnant with Jesus, right? Elizabeth was pregnant six months. And Mary comes walking in. She's carrying Jesus. And the minute Jesus walks in, I mean, carried in actually, John the Baptist starts responding to the presence. How did a baby know how to do that? Well, he was filled with the Holy Ghost from his womb. Only one that ever was, that the Bible records anyway, right? He was a forerunner of Jesus. He, he, he got really excited. He could not contain his excitement when Jesus, the presence of Jesus entered that room. And, and Elizabeth started to, she opened up her mouth. The Bible says she was filled with the Spirit and began to uh, speak. Speaking is a normal reaction when the Holy Spirit is moving. So if you're yielding to the Holy Spirit, you can't be silent. If you're silent, that means the lid that you got on is screwed on too tight. If you want to get the soda that's in the container, you got to unscrew the lid and you got to pour it out. It doesn't seep through the bottle. It has to come out the spout. And when the Holy Ghost comes in, when he begins to start doing something, start moving in a place, start moving in an atmosphere, the first, the first result is going to be people are going to open up their mouth. They're either going to praise, prophesy, speak, or worship, or sing, or whatever. That's going to be the first response. But then, you will start to feel so good in your body that your body can't stand still. You have to express yourself. Amen? Think of your favorite musical person or group that you listen to. Can you listen to your favorite musical group or person without tapping your foot or singing their songs? No, you start to sing their songs, especially if you like the group. You sing with them. Why? It's a natural response of yielding yourself to when someone is moving, you are going to respond with them. When your team scores a touchdown or uh, makes the final point or whatever, well, that was good. No, it's your team. I guarantee you there's going to be a reaction. Or when they make a stupid play, there's also a reaction. Am I, I'm telling on you right now, am I? Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely true. So when we're in a place like this and the Holy Ghost begins to move and people who aren't reacting, 
they're not yielding to the Holy Spirit. But like I said, he's a gentleman. You know, you can throw a rock in a river. You can throw a boulder, actually, in a river. And that boulder is not going to stop the flow. The water is going to move around it. And the Holy Ghost is the same way. He'll just move around the people that are unresponsive. And I'm not condemning unresponsiveness. Okay? Understand me. I'm simply pointing out that when we yield to the Holy Spirit, see, we're supposed to be strong in the Lord, strong in the Word, but we're also supposed to be strong in the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be able to cooperate when the Holy Spirit is moving in a place. And the way that we cooperate is being yielded vessels unto him. You know, when when Abraham and Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me, they, they put themselves in a position to do what God Whatever God wanted to do, it didn't matter. He said, here I am, Lord. When you say, here I am, Lord, you are in a position with no restrictions, no restraints, no limitations, and you're just ready to flow. Amen? Amen. How many's ever been rafting in a river? Or on a river? How many's ever seen a river? <laughs> you understand that a river moves, Right? You can never step into the same place of a river because it's always fresh water. If you stepped in a river here and then you stepped in down here, it's different water because that water is constantly moving, constantly flowing. Right? So it's a lot harder to resist the flow than it is to go with the flow. And we as believers, we've got to train ourselves to go with the flow. Amen? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit will do things that don't make sense to our brains. They, it doesn't reason with us. It's not logical. Besides, you're not Spock. Spock, highly, highly illogical. That's highly illogical. He was a, a, a logical person. But God is illogical. He doesn't do things according to the flesh. He does things according to the spirit. It's fresh. It's invigorating. It's life-giving. It's wonderful. It's exciting. It's joyful. It's upbeat. So our job in working with the Holy Spirit is to respond to him without fear. Mostly, the fear that keeps people from responding to the Holy Spirit is, is the fear of what people think. Be delivered from the fear of what people think. Are you going to stand before that person at the end of, end of days? No. Besides, you don't even know what the person's thinking, so quit trying to think what they're thinking. Amen? Because you're probably thinking what's wrong anyway. You're probably not even thinking correct of what they're thinking, because you don't know what they're thinking. So forget about what they're thinking. And our focus then becomes, okay, God, what do you want to do in this moment? Amen? Amen. Because God wants to do things in moments. And he, 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 he does things that are illogical. Man, I, I had a great time in India preaching to the class. I had illustrations come out of me. Like I'd be like... Where did that come from? But they were very helpful, and they got it. And my last day in India, which was Friday, class ended at 5. My flight was scheduled to leave at 8.30. And, man, I sweat buckets in India. 
yeah, I just, my whole, my clothes were just soaked. And, uh, so the last day I had finished my two courses and I had purposed in my heart, the Holy Spirit said, you're going to lay hands on everybody. So this, all the staff was there. All the students were there. Everybody who was there was there at that time. And I got done uh, teaching the subject and uh, we were shouting. I laid hands on everybody in the place. And, and I could feel, I mean, you know, some people are polite. They're moving, but they're just moving back. You know, that's the power of God coming on them. I wasn't moving them, but they were being moved. Amen. And I said, I'm going to impart to you a spiritual gift. Now, I don't know what God gave them. I don't know what God did for them. I just know that my job was to lay the hands on them and let God do the rest. Amen. Everybody close your eyes and lift up your hands. Don't focus around on anything and say, I want you to say this. Say, God, have your way in me right now. Do what you want to do. I'm open. I'm receptive. I welcome your presence. I welcome your power. I glorify you, Lord. Now I want you to begin to praise him. If you know how to speak in tongues, begin to pray in tongues right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes you're just drawn to people. You don't really know why. You just know that there's a a drawing there. Hallelujah. Mm. I see cold, refreshing water being poured out on you. And God is refreshing you and rejuvenating you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for pouring that out right now. Yeah. It's so refreshing that all you can do is go, woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you have any kind of pain in your body right now, I want you to come up here in the name of Jesus. I want you to stay in an attitude of prayer and worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you have pain in your body or sickness in your body, I just want you to come up right now. Hallelujah. Mm, huh. Yeah. Mm. In the spirit, I hear ka-ching, ka-ching. I hear the blessings of the Lord are multiplying in the name of Jesus. They are abounding. God has seen your seeds. Just like he saw the giving of Cornelius. He has seen your sowing. And he knows where you're growing, where you're going. <laughs> and he's helping you grow right now to get there in the name of Jesus. Be ready to expand. Yeah. Hallelujah. Be ready to receive the goodness of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God's goal for pain is that it goes. That it does not reside in your body in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, keep praying. Stay engaged. 
Close your eyes if you have to. Avoid distractions. You just keep praying the best you know how in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the power. Strong in the Lord and in the power. We release the power right now. Pain, you must go. You must leave this body completely in the name of Jesus. Pain, I take authority over you now. What you have restricted is no longer restricted. It is loosed. It is free. It is free-flowing in the name of Jesus. Pain, go in Jesus. Jesus name. Father, I give you thanks and praise. You've given us power to eradicate pain. You took away our pain. You bore our sicknesses and by your stripes, by your stripes, she is healed. Not going to be is, is healed right now in Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You are the best pain relief ever. This is not temporary. This is This is freedom, true freedom, indeed freedom, right? I call you free from every restricting pain in your body right now in the name of Jesus. I bind up that pain and I command it to go loose its grip on your body in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are not 